right, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Holocore Podcast. I'm Vinny Keller, here with Bill Riley. Yo. And also, the Margarita Madman, Dan Steinman. Hey. <laughs> all right, all right. <sighs> all right. This week's guest is uh, John Denae from Shadows Fall and Living Wreckage, and most notably, Anthrax. Uh, we had a good time talking to him. Here's that conversation. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Hey, Thanks. what's up, John? Thanks for having me. No problem, man. So, uh, how's uh, quarantine uh, treating you? <clears throat> or how was uh, man. quarantine? It's been a shitty two years, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But um, At least Anthrax, we've been uh, doing these weekend shows since July, and that's really helped out a lot. Um, some of these festivals and it's been a good time to get back on stage and have a little bit of normalcy again. That's awesome. How many have you done? I think we've done about six or seven. Nice, man. That's great. That's awesome. So it's been fun. And then, um, I have a band here called Living Wreckage and we've been playing on the weekends doing bars. We do covers and originals and that's been, that's been a blast too. Sick. What kind of covers are you doing? Oh man, we do we do uh, a lot of '80s and '90s metal. Like we'll do shit from like Guns N' Roses, Pantera, and then you might like hear like a Brian Adams song <laughs> or or Billy Idol, and you, so it's all kind of mixed up. <laughs> That's great, awesome. dude. That is awesome. So, uh, can you give us a background of uh, how you got into music? Yeah. Um, so probably I was I was uh, I was six. And I was in the stuff before the, uh, the, the now was when MTV was fucking gigantic. And uh, seeing them really made me want to play guitar. It was uh, my first two tapes were Bon Jovi and David Lee Roth, Eat Em and Smile. And I got that for Christmas when I was six. And uh, that did it. And then I ended up seeing Bon Jovi and Skid Row when I was like 10. Oh, shit. And awesome. seeing this guy, seeing it, because um, back then, too, when I was a kid, uh, I'm old, older than you guys. I'm 42. So um, I don't know if you guys, like, when you guys were kids, I don't know what was on MTV, uh, but we had... Bunch of bullshit. Yeah, well... Yeah, yeah. Sort yeah, of we like... We call it the had... tail end of the music. It really started to gravitate yeah. towards reality TV at that point. Yeah, yeah really exactly. Just lost so, so we were like real world, road rules. yeah. Yeah, I got sucked into the real world show too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember when uh, I, like I guess I discovered MTV around like fifth grade ish, and like it was like TRL and it was yeah. all that poppy bullshit. Like you got corn. Yeah, so got- I was in high school when that shit came out. But um, when I was a kid, like uh, MTV played a lot of hard rock music, and those bands not only were they just all over the radio and MTV. It was almost like movie stars because you saw them so much on TV that they just seemed like superheroes, like they weren't real people. Yeah, so, they had that larger-than-life persona. Yeah, so a rock show in the 80s is like, fuck, man. It was larger than life. And just especially being that young and and, and seeing how nuts people were going for these bands, I mean, that really did. I was like, I, I want to be up on stage and I want to play guitar. That's awesome. That's f- funny. Uh, I had a similar like thing. I, Vinny actually taught me how to play guitar uh, when we were like thirteen, or right. maybe even younger than that. And then ever since I picked up a guitar, I had the same thing. Like that's all I wanted to do was just 
just play guitar and tour and yeah so that's uh i get yeah, that feeling and that's <clears throat> once I, I started playing guitar when i was 12 and man i just always just wanted to be in a band and, and play music um and then when i got to finally do it i was like wow it's, it's nothing like mtv <laughs> <laughs> So how, but I still love it. But I was right. like, man, it is nothing like this. <laughs> this is some hard shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> how long before, uh, how, how long into playing did it take you to start a band? Um, about a few years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had my first show at, at a club called Pearl Street here in Northampton, which had a lot of a lot of bigger bands play there. And uh, actually, my first show we um, was opening up for a band called Strip Mine. And... Sully from Godsmack was in that band. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, when did uh, Shadows Fall come into play? How how far into your guitar career? So um, I was seventeen when I started Shadows Fall. Mm-hmm. So I was a junior. Um, I started that band because I was in a band called Aftershock with Adam Duckwitz from mm-hmm. Killswitch Engage. Right. Yes. We both went to high school together, and uh, that was his band, and, and I joined that band as his guitarist, and. He ended up going to college. He was a couple of years older than me. Mm-hmm. So once he went to college, which was Berkeley, he, he stayed there. Um, I was like, well, we're not going to be playing too much because he's going to be at college. So that's when um, I started Shadows Fall with Matt. Nice. So you uh, you had Phil. Was Phil your first singer? or was, there was a singer Phil was our that? second singer. Okay. We had a, the first guy, was, his name was Damien. He didn't last too long. We just did a demo. I think it might have been like three or four songs with him. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he left the band pretty pretty fast, and then then Phil came in. Uh, that was Phil's first time being a front man. He was uh, he was in this awesome death metal band called Perpetual Doom, mm-hmm. and he was a guitar player. And um, he wanted to give he wanted to give uh, try the front man thing and see how that worked. Were you guys uh, strictly screaming at that point, or was there clean vocals? No. From day one, we always had clean vocals. I knew I wanted to do that from day one. I, I loved that Fear Factory was, was starting out. They were one of the first bands who were mixing the, the clean singing and that, and that um, real heavy shit. And Matt, I always knew, had a good clean singing voice. But I also knew I wanted a singer that could do that, too, because I didn't want to be strictly screaming because, uh, I mean, I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I get, I get, uh, it's, I'm more into the guitar playing and, and the vocals become kind of background to me when it's all screaming. Right. right. And I, like, like a lot of death metal, a lot, I love a lot of death metal, but I'm really paying attention to more what the guitarist is doing. I'm like, oh, that's a fucking sick riff. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. then I'm not really listening to the vocals a lot. <laughs> right. I'm a, I feel that I don't really listen to vocals like yeah. screaming vocals that much. Yeah, yeah but even when way. there's like clean vocals, I'm not really listening to like what they're saying. I'm listening to the melody of it and how. Yeah, I, like, I could deal if the guitar player is awesome. I could deal with a shitty singer. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so what led to yeah. Phil uh, leaving the band? Um, so we were kind of he. We wanted to go more in like a thrash rock and roll okay. um, type thing. And he wasn't so much into the thrash stuff. And uh, he, he liked the clean singing, but he liked to do um, the, the brutal and the clean and didn't really want to do the, um, the rock and roll thrash type thing. Gotcha. So uh, we both 
we're like, yeah, we kind of both want to do different things. And um, so we split off and uh, we knew Brian Fair from touring with Overcast. Mm -hmm. And Brian had that that kind of thrash testament type thing going on. Yeah. What his voice plus could do the the real aggro screaming stuff. Uh, so we're like, well, we'd like to give that guy a shot and see if he wants to <laughs> see if he wants to hang and see what happens. And uh, it clicked right away when he came down. Yeah, man. Sounds like it worked out really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, how'd you guys come up with the name Shadows Fall? Was there like a story behind it or was it just a name that fit? Um, well, hopefully, I, I don't think we got sued yet, so I can probably tell the story. Um, it's actually <laughs> a comic book, and Matt Matt's big in the comic books. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he saw the name and uh, thought it sounded pretty cool, and it was it wasn't uh, they weren't making it anymore, so it was dis uh, discontinued. So, like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, as I lay dying was a book prior to to their band yeah so, so like yeah nobody said shit so um <laughs> and then the devil wears prada well ours too yeah Our, I mean, a lot of bands are named yeah. after movies and books yeah ours was legends of the fall which is also a, you know a movie name yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah i think there's like a disconnect like there's some kind of yeah like because it's a whole white, different media like zombies a movie faster pussy yeah. cats a movie yeah so uh what was your favorite shadows fall record to record <clears throat> To record, let's mm -hmm. see. Uh, or even like, what album cycle was was the best for, for so Shadows Fall? They all have like you know a, a, a different story and and uh, but the ones that stick out, obviously the first one because we got a record deal and mm -hmm. we did Up One Blood and at the time I was just a twenty year old kid and, and couldn't believe that someone was going to put out a record that I could play guitar on, mm -hmm. and uh, so that was exciting. And it was all kind of like Zeus, who became this awesome producer. It was his first shot, too. So we kind of all grew up together and just went into this world not knowing what, what the fuck to do. Or We just kind of all helped each other out. Right. Um, but um, recording, when we got signed to Atlantic, that was the first time we had a big budget to do a record, like a mm -hmm. serious budget. And we stayed in. We stayed in LA for two months. And was that Threads of Life? Was that was that record? Yeah. yeah. So we did that at Dave Grohl's studio at six oh six. Oh, that's awesome. Was yeah. that the the documentary they made, uh, Sound City? Was it that? He actually he bought the board for that, but that was before we did our record. He but it didn't was have that board. Yet. It was in that studio. But he it's in there now. But but that was the studio you're talking about, right? No, not Sound City. Okay. Um, we were at Studio Six Oh Six. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Dave Grohl ended up buying the board from Sound City to gotcha. put in the 606. Okay. Um, but recording there and living out there, you know, having a, an apartment, I shared an apartment with Matt. It was just, it was just fun to be out there every day and um, work with Nick Raskalenitz. Uh, that was crazy. And then, you know, Dave Grohl would just mm -hmm. walk in sometimes and hang with us. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> Did he ever like consult on the music or? He would just, he would listen to it and, and rock out. Um, one of the stories is, uh, that was fun was he came in one night. We He saw that we, at the time we were in the Jaeger. We, uh, Shadow Spall was endorsed by Jaegermeister. So, mm -hmm. well, we had some wild nights on that. And he's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, one night he came in. He had his motorcycle motorcycle helmet still on. And he had uh, this thing, Icelandic schnapps. I can't remember what, what the hell it was called. But he came in with two big bottles. He was like, all right, we're not working tonight, boys. And we're like, all right, cool. We just got to fucking <laughs> <and> stop recording. 
party at the studio all night. That's so badass. Nice, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, he was a great guy. So how long did it take you to record Threads of Life? You said two months? Threads was two months, yeah, which was the longest we were ever in a studio. Yeah, was that and purposely, like, did you guys pre-plan that to stay there for two months? Did you write yeah, in the we, studio? Yeah, we, we went, I think we went about a week or two longer than we thought, but that was pretty mm -hmm. much the time frame we were looking at. Nice. Was everything ready to go when you went into the studio, or you just kind of... Um, see, before that, we'd have the music ready, but a lot of the times, this was before some of the guys, like Matt, Matt knew how to record, and, but um, we were, he didn't know it so well to like do vocals and, and Pro Tools and all that, so... A lot of the stuff we did back in the day, we didn't know what was going to happen to the vocals until Brian started doing it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that stuff would get worked out on the spot. Gotcha. Where later, the later records, we knew, all right, this is this is what it's going to sound like. So that was probably the last record we did that way where we were like, oh, what, what's this going to sound like? And we just got to kind of wait to see what Brian did. Right. So during the Threads of Life uh, album cycles, when like Shadows Fall got financially stable, I'm assuming, like where you guys were super self-sufficient and like everything was like this was actually a career at this point. Yeah, it became uh, well, we stopped because we toured so much after 2003, after um, the fuck's it called? Art of Balance. Mm -hmm. uh, after that record, we toured so much that we, we stopped our day jobs because we just. Mm -hmm we were never home. We couldn't get a job because we were out so much. Right. And then things really started to pick up on the war within and, uh, kind of from there. And then we had probably like three, four years where we live off the band. All right. And then it mm -hmm. kind of dipped back down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, um, I, you mentioned <clears throat> earlier how everybody was, uh, like helping each other out. I, I was always fascinated by like that Massachusetts metal scene. It, it was, like right around that time, two thousand, like in the early two thousands, there was an influx of metal bands coming from Massachusetts, and it seemed to be like a tight knit brotherhood coming out of it. Right, like, like everybody, everybody was friends with one another. Yeah, yeah, it was it was real special. Um, I forget about how special it was and, and what a cool scene we had, because uh, the local bands kicked ass. The they they were just as good as a lot of the sign bands, and um, it was just something kind of new and fresh uh like us kill switch uh and then we even went to jersey and became friends with god forbid and then mm -hmm. meet lamb of god we kind of all just kind of started up at the same time and you know hate breeds from connecticut on earth mm -hmm. it was just a lot of cool bands and everybody became quick friends it was just a party on the road it was just just us just being idiot kids just having a good time and uh and all getting along and we all respected and listened to each other's bands too, which was cool. Yeah, when you watch like the DVDs, like Kill Switch's DVD, and all you guys are interviewed in it, like it just seems like everybody is like super good friends. Yeah, especially us and Kill Switch because mm -hmm. Mike and Brian went to school together. I went mm -hmm. to school with Adam. Yeah. So and Mike and I've Brian known Adam since I've known Adam since I was fourteen years old. That's awesome. And Mike and Brian were in Overcast together. Right, and that yeah. that's the band that I thought. From our area, I'm like those guys are gonna make it. That's that's the fucking band that's gonna do it from this area. <laughs> and uh, they broke up. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw them not too long ago at uh, the 2014. This is hardcore uh, in Philly. Yeah. Uh, they played, and then Killswitch played uh, a set without Joel. 
which was badass. It was, and they played all of Fixation. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was super rad, but uh, it was cool to see like Overcast play. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. man, they always kicked ass. I remember the first time I saw them, I must have been about fifteen, and they they blew me away. Yeah, so I remember seeing you guys, uh, two thousand five Ozfest main stage. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Oh, dude, I remember that show. That <laughs> oh, was fucking yeah. great. That was yeah. yeah. Him and I were there. That was a great fucking show. Um, and that's when I first like got into you guys. Like I first heard the War Within, and uh, that record blew me away. And then to like to see you guys play next to Iron Maiden was like. And Black Sabbath and too. Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I I couldn't believe I was there myself. I'm sure. Like, I just. You know, having a dressing room next to Ozzy and being able to hear him warm up with a with a piano and hitting the notes and warming up and walking by him every day, walking by Iron Maiden or somebody from Iron Maiden come in our room like, hey, how you guys doing? It's mind blowing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure dude, coming up on the eighties music. I mean, that yeah, that had that, to be that's epic. Where I'm from. My favorite stuff's the eighties, so I you know I was watching Iron Maiden and Ozzy as a kid on TV. They were because that's when that stuff was on MTV. Yeah. So what's it like uh, now being in Anthrax, since that was like your bag back then? Yeah, that's another thing. I remember seeing Anthrax first time I saw them was, oh man, I must have been like 11 years old and uh, Antisocial was on Dial MTV, which was mm-hmm. when you could call in your favorite videos, you you call in and vote mm-hmm. for them. And Anthrax was on the top 10 countdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come home from school and that shit was on TV. And that's the first time I heard them and I've loved them ever since. I remember bringing in a tape at a tape of uh, of antisocial, uh, and uh, I asked my guitar teacher to, to teach me it, and that's mm-hmm. one one of the early songs that I learned. So it's all pretty crazy. Right. That's amazing. Sometimes I still like look over, you know, to my left, and I see these guys, and I I can't believe I'm playing this shit with them. All right. How did uh, you go about getting into Anthrax? Like, how how do you? Um, so. I knew them because Shadows Fall did did some shows with them, okay. and we knew each other, mm-hmm. and just from being around doing festivals and stuff. And uh, I knew Rob, and Rob called me up to let me know he was going to leave the band, mm-hmm. and uh, he wanted to know if I could cover him if he left. Mm-hmm. So uh, at first, I, di- I didn't think I could do it because Shadows Fall was supposed to go to Europe with Testament, mm-hmm. right? And uh, then I called my friends and family and I told them the situation. They're like, you're a fucking idiot. You got to do this. <laughs> I, go, I was like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> this is uh, this is an opportunity that will probably never, ever happen again. Yeah, right. dude, that's, you so, can't pass uh, that one up. Yeah, and then once that went in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I, uh, I did the same thing Rob did. I called up one of my friends, uh, this guy Felipe, who played in a band, Akaro. And yeah. I go, hey, dude, I can't, I can't tell you why, but... Um, would you be able to cover me for this tour? And he said he, he could. So then I called up Rob. I go, yeah, I, I'm in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't hear anything for about a month. And I figured maybe they found somebody or I didn't know what the hell happened. And then Scott called me about a month later and he goes, hey, man, I, I heard you. You heard what happened. And I go, yep. He goes, so can you do it? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just went to Australia with him and. And then they just kept having tours come up, tours kept coming up, tours kept coming up, and then I just, you know, been there ever since. All right. Did, did you initially think it was just going to be like a temporary thing? Yeah, at first, but then I asked Rob, I go, are you going to come back? Because um, I didn't want to learn like 20-something songs 
do a two week tour and then be like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Cause I'm like, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, once Rob is like, nah, man, I'm, I'm not coming back. So once I knew there was an opportunity to, uh, to fill that full time, the, that vacancy, I was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. That's incredible, man. So did you get to jam with them before or was it like, uh, you know, here's the songs, learn them kind of deal? Um, I got to jam with Scott only because I was living in LA at the time. So he didn't live too far from where I lived. So, uh, I went to his house and he showed me, you know, the correct way to play the riffs. Okay. And we went over that. And then besides that, I think I might've went over there twice, maybe, maybe I think twice. And, uh, maybe it was even once. Fuck. I can't remember. <laughs> and then I just was on a plane to Australia <laughs> to play with them on Soundwave with Slayer and Metallica. Oh, man, that's oh, brutal. That's pressure. Yeah. I was shaking the first show. God man. bless you, brother. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> uh, I was freaking out. That's crazy. That's awesome, though, man. Yeah, you know, once that first, first show was done, I felt so much better. But leading up to that show, I was a wreck. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. You don't want to blow such a big opportunity. Mm hmm. Yeah, especially like on a, such an established iconic band like that, mm. you're kind of under the radar, and yeah. people are already bummed that you're some new guys showing up. So they're like, <laughs> "All right, you get them old heads." You heard, uh, I think Killswitch talk about it when they played with Slayer. How like the Slayer fans were like, "Get the fuck off the stage!" <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> like even though how good of a band Killswitch is, like they're just like, "I don't even give a fuck about you. I just want to hear yeah. Slayer." Oh, dude, that was my first show back. I don't even know, 2004, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was, it was an opener. And then it was Mastodon, Killswitch, and Slayer. And Slayer was touring on God Hates Us All. And Killswitch was touring on the end of Heartache. And it was, was so. That the, was that a Jägermeister tour? Yeah, it was. Yes, it yeah. was. I remember that tour. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I got so much. I was like 14, 15, and I walked out with so much Jägermeister gear. And I'm like, do they realize that they're giving this to kids? (laughs) Either way. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, dude, that was a phenomenal show. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, I called him in, uh, in Philadelphia at the Electric Factory. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah, that place is fucking awesome. Oh, it was so, it's such a good place to catch a show. Philly's a great crowd to play for. Oh, yeah. Everybody in Philly's nuts. We're all just... just no metal. <laughs> we're all crazy. Sports, music, whatever you got, dude. We love it to the extreme. Yeah, I love going there. I always have a good time there. Yeah, so uh, you're a full-fledged member of Anthrax now. Do you write with them? Have you guys been... I don't. You... Um, okay. I just do the leads. Mm-hmm. They have a system. Uh, those guys are writing the record right now, actually. Uh, so while they do that, I started a new band with Matt Bashan from Shadows Fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Live and Wreckage, and that's where all my writing is going to right now. Okay. So um, Shadows Fall is not really going to be too active anymore, so I'm not writing any music for that at the moment. I don't know if I will, but at the moment, uh, Live and Wreckage is, is my full-time writing gig, and... Uh, we have an EP out right now. People want to check out and go, go to Bandcamp, check it out. And then we'll have a new record coming out, um, in early 2022. Nice. Nice Hopefully dude. Go on the road. So what was the downfall of uh shadows fall? Why did you guys give it, it up? It was, it was just financial problems. We just couldn't, yeah. we couldn't make a living out of it anymore. So, um, a couple of the guys got married, had kids and it wasn't mm-hmm. to be on, 
to make a living out of it, would you have to be on the road nonstop and having wife and kids and stuff? Uh, guys didn't want to do that. I don't think anyone wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, we we were working really hard and we just couldn't get we couldn't get back. And it's just it's real frustrating when you're when you're writing and you think you got something good that people are gonna like, and then it just kind of doesn't go anywhere, and it's kind of just brings you down, makes you doesn't make you not want to really do it anymore. And then yeah. you're going out there playing in front of you know, you know, a hundred people or something in a in a bigger room, and just you know, it's it's hard, and it, it's hard to walk back to the bus all excited and want to like cheers beers after that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys were doing the arena tours before, right? With uh, like yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, you know, Slipknot, and you, you see like a lot of your um, your friends like Kill Switch and Log, you blowing the fuck up, and you're just like, ah, yeah, we're, we're nobody gives a shit about us. Fuck, we should just stop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, couldn't you, like, hit them up and be like, can you put us on tour with you? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, we always did, but that's the thing. We were always a support band. They always did take us out, but mm-hmm. then it's hard to make money when you're at that level, when you when you got to keep being a support band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You eventually got to be a headliner to, to make it a job. Yeah, right, that makes sense, man. <laughs> we just, just couldn't get to that headliner spot. That's a bummer. So we heard there was a reunion, though, in December. Yeah, which... All right, we got, we actually got a sold out show, man. Right. First Seattle Fall sold out show in fucking twenty years. <laughs> I think that's right what on, it takes. Man. A little bit of time off, and then everybody wants you again. <laughs> right? Walk away, man. Let them start to well, miss you. Know you. What will happen? Like our our black cloud will follow us, and there'll be the biggest fucking nor'easter we've ever seen that night. <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be terrible. So, uh, can I ask you about uh, a song on the War Within? <clears throat> Sure. I, I mean, if it's about lyrics, I probably can't no, answer them. No, no, no. I'm a guitar player. I give a fuck about lyrics. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> fuck Brian Farron. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song's about me. Yeah, this is all about you. <laughs> and I hope you were the one who played this solo on uh, the uh, the Ghost of Past I did all Fowlers. of these. Oh, so the Ghost yeah, of Past Fowlers was your solo. That is yeah, the, all of them were. That is the best solo ever written, ever. And I'm, so, I'm not. I'm not saying that because I'm talking to you. I've been listening to that solo since I was young, and I can never get over how good it is. Oh no! Oh, it froze up. You killed him. I killed him. Yeah, we lost you. Um, so I don't improvise a lot in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in there planned out just like a, a riff or a song. I just, I know what I want to do. Um, but uh, we were doing pre-production. I remember being in Zeus's basement. Mm-hmm. And we were just playing live the whole band. We weren't. Re- he was recording it, but it wasn't getting recorded for anything. It was just for us. Right. And uh, we were just working out the song and... Of course, during practices, I would improvise, but not in the studio. And then when I did the lead, uh, I remember Zeus being like, dude, that fucking lead is awesome. And I go, dude, I don't, I don't really remember what I did. I just, whatever. So <laughs> I had to relearn a lot of the parts. And uh, that was pretty much just off the cuff. Of course, when I did it in the studio, I wasn't just doing it off the cuff. But mm-hmm. um, originally it was just kind of written like like that it was a fast written solo because i didn't really know what the hell i was doing and uh yeah <laughs> so here, here's a shot in the dark do you have tabs for that and if you i do, know you know what's actually funny man hmm. 
I've been fucking on ultimateguitartab.com trying to relearn my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like, I have no idea what the hell I was doing there. A lot of stuff I got to change too because I'm a different player and I, have a, I play with a little bit of a different style now, of course. Mm-hmm. And the stuff I was doing 20 years ago would, would not be the stuff I would come up with now. So I'm listening like, oh man, I, I have no idea what's going on there. I'm going to have to try to figure it out, but kind of do something different now. <laughs> so are you the type of player uh, to like not remember things if you don't play it for a while? Cause I know like if, oh, if I learned a song today by the end of the week, I won't, I won't know it anymore. Yeah, if I don't keep playing I it, to, I have to play it. Even like I, I, I told anthrax that cause a lot of times, you know, I'll be getting ready, getting dressed and warmed up. They're like, yeah, man, you played that song with us before. The place I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't remember it. Yeah, that was two months ago. What good does that do me today? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I need to be warned, like what I'm about to play. That be I would never be able to be in a band with like someone like Bruce Springsteen and just calls out a song and you never you out of like yeah or Guns and Roses. Those guys do the same thing. They Jack, Jack White does it too. Jack White he he goes into the the set without a set list and uh, he just calls out a song and his band plays yeah. it. I don't know how people remember all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. even the stuff I write. I, like we're doing Shadows Fall rehearsals now, and I'm like, yeah, this, this is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I played for a Stone Temple Pilots tribute not too long ago. Uh-huh. I played. I mean, I played our set a thousand times, like just practicing at my house, and uh, I don't remember any of the the riffs. Like and it's such simple shit. I yeah. don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah, and right now I've got three bands going at once, which is oh, dude, I've that's got to get so confusing. So I've got Shadows Fall going, uh, getting ready for a show. Anthrax is doing shows. Uh, Living Wreckage is doing shows, and all three of them at once. So my brain is fucking scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just do me a favor. If you find good tabs for uh, that solo. Send them over. Send them our way. <laughs> yeah. I want to learn that solo. I might have to go. Who knows? If we play it for uh, our, our show, I'm, I'm going to have to go on uh, ultimateguitar.com and see if the, the tabs are close enough. Yeah. <laughs> just, just email them over to us, please. Yeah. Let's, let's see how good your fans are at transcribing your solos. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of times, too, I'm like, wow, they're making me look really good. There's no way I do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I look at tabs for songs and I'm like, that's not possible. Yeah. No human like, could play that. Yeah, maybe with another yeah, like, finger, but not with yeah. these ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's so, funny, uh, dude. So is Anthrax your full-time job now, or do you got do you have like a day job? Well, it, it was until the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now I don't know. Uh, Anthrax doesn't have a tour until... I mean, the next thing I know is September, so mm-hmm. might have to start looking for something else. So, if anyone needs a guitar player, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so, great, um, man. So, Jason, he went to Overkill, right? Yep. And then Matt is Matt. Did Matt go to a different band, or did he just? Matt went to After Defiance, mm-hmm. which was him, uh, Chris Broderick from Megadeth, and Sean Jover from Megadeth. Okay. So and looks now like... Chris, Chris is playing in, in Flames now, so I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on with those guys. That's wild. Yeah, you guys all dipped off to '80s bands. <laughs> that's <laughs> not, yeah, that's amazing. That's when we're cutting. That, I mean, that's what Shadows Fall. True Love was the '80s stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say we just seen fucking Megadeth like 
what, yeah, three weeks ago? Mega weeks Death, ago? Lamb of God, Trivium. And in Flames. Oh, nice. How was that? Oh, it was a, yeah. amazing. In, in Flames was supposed to play that show, too, but I guess they were having yeah. COVID restrictions. Oh, man, I, stuff. Can't, I can't wait to go on tour. I'm going to cry the first time we get on a tour bus. I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, we're guitar players, so let's talk about uh, some gear. What are you uh, using these days? I watched a video not so long ago of you. Uh, you were using Kemper. Still, are you still using Kemper? Yes. So I've been using Kempers for three, four years now, mm-hmm. and I, and I love them. I, I love that how how easy they are to bring around and don't have when you're playing festivals, you don't have to worry about renting somebody's shitty amp or if your tone's going to be the same or or having the right. Or I remember just trying to like hook up my lead boost and stuff sometimes, or putting the delay on, and it would just not be the same as my amp. I hated that shit. So now I love that with the Kemper that I have my tones the same everywhere, no matter where I go. Right. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I, I've been playing Line Six since I was. Oh man, never. I, there was never a time where I wasn't playing Line Six actually, and I was always about like the simplicity of having that same tone over and over yeah. and over and you don't have to think about like the tubes warming up um <clears throat> yeah i love it man and a lot of people free. a lot of people are like oh you know the tube amps are way better and i, I understand that mm. in the studio and stuff but i mean at a, at a show shit is so loud and stuff mm-hmm. i can't even hard tell to, yeah. that somebody would be able to be like be able to tell between that and a, and a tube amp but I mean, maybe there are there's fucking special people out there so, who have those dog ears, those studio guys might be able to, but there's no way in hell if you put a gun in my head, I could tell you the, the difference. Yeah, well, not a chance, dude. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. there's there's I, audio I, files that I, can. No, 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 dude. Vinny and I. <laughs> so Trivium played before Lamb of God at that uh, at the show we were talking about. Um, yep. And uh, they played with Kempers, and then Lamb of God came with the real amps, and it was a difference. Oh, it really? was a big yeah. difference. It just it hit you differently. Yeah, there was definitely okay. there was something that like it was very. I want to say Trivium was like super super clean and tight, but you could definitely tell that there was like more of like a raunchiness to like a Mesa boogie, you know, okay amplifier that hit you different. And, I and, guess it might be because they were using cabs and just moving air on stage. Uh, I know I uh, that I can't live without a cab. Yeah. I have to. Cabinet. I I need to feel that right. uh, straight in ears. I don't think I do have in ears, but I also like to hear. I still have stuff in the front monitor, and I still have my, my cab at the back. Yeah, I like to feel the thump. Like yeah, I got to feel yeah. the air on stage. Me too. Yeah, Trivium had nothing, so they were just right. going straight Kemper uh, into the board. Um, but uh, what kind of cab are you using? Uh, right now I'm using the EVH cab. Okay, nice. So it looks like. Um... I guess over the course of your career, it looks like you have a, a couple of different guitar preferences. And I don't know if it's just from different endorsements at the time. But I, I looked up, and I don't know if Google did me wrong here, but did you start with BC Rich? No, I started with Washburn. Okay. So I did have Washburn. that on here. but From Washburn, I went to ESP. Uh, then ESP uh, discontinued my, my signature. Okay. Uh, and then once they discontinued that, BC Rich offered me a signature, so I ended up with them. But then they were hard to get on the phone. So at the time, um, so then Le- Legator ended up calling me. But but I think I was 
I might have been playing my ESPs again, but I wasn't endorsed by them, mm-hmm. just playing them live. And uh, Legator called me up, or they called our management and asked if we were interested, but I'd never heard of the company. Uh, and I was like, ah, sure, you know, sending over a guitar. And uh, I wasn't expecting much because just never heard of the companies. And I was totally blown away. I couldn't believe it. So uh, from then I was hooked on it. And it was probably like, it's, it was probably like a $900 guitar. And it sounded like better than all my guitars. It sounded so awesome. So for, I've been with them for about, I think since 2012 or 2013. Okay. Yeah, I've always been curious about them too. Because like, I guess back when they were first coming out, you couldn't just go to a store and like a guitar center and pick one up. You know what I mean? Yeah, even now they're still quite a bit smaller than those companies, but a lot of people are playing a lot now, and they're they're starting to get their name out there. Yeah, like I'm the type of dude like I need to go and like I before I purchase a guitar, like make that kind of purchase. I need to actually play that thing, and I've always been scared to just be like bite the bullet and order one and you know see. If yeah, it's all I mean up. that would be that's. I don't think I could ever do that. Just not playing a guitar and just seeing what the hell happens and what shows up at your house. Right. Uh, yeah, I did that not too long ago. I just <laughs> bought a new guitar. <laughs> bought an Ibanez uh, S-Series. I forget the model. But a lot but, of people do that, man. Yeah. You know, buy guitars off eBay and, and the internet and it works out. Yeah, I've been pretty stuck with the Ibanez S-Series. Yeah. Those uh, are the, the skinny body ones. Skinny body, yeah. Um, yeah. They just feel... I like them. Yeah, they feel great. And uh, I've... I mean, the two I have are awesome. So uh, I got another one and I'm very, very happy with it. Uh, also happy, and I, I know you play Fishman. <clears throat> yeah, I love yeah, those. I have the Fishman pickups, and ju- I was watching your, uh, I think it was the Sweetwater video that you did, mm-hmm. um, where you said it was night and day. What was it, Ken who came over to install them on your, your guitar? Yes. Yeah. So th- that was another thing. Ken called me up, started talking about these pickups, and I'd never heard of them, so once again, I wasn't expecting much. Ken put them in one of my guitars, um, and then I was at a practice one day and my main guitar string broke. So he put them in my backup mm-hmm. and I had them in my guitar, but I was playing them on my little practice amp. So it's kind of hard to tell. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, it sounds good through my practice amp. But mm-hmm. when I was playing it through my real rig, holy shit, I was like, I was blown away how tight, crunchy they were. Right. They had definition. It was just, it was the, the exact pickup I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, the clarity is unmatched yeah, with any pickup but still having that saturation and crunch that modern yep. crunch yeah so i uh my two other guitars i have bare knuckle juggernauts in them uh-huh. and uh, i thought those were like the best pickups i ever played until like i told him i was like dude i plug this guitar in and it was godlike and then he came yeah. over and played it and like yeah that thing sounds it's a fucking animal um <laughs> right on. yeah those pickups are great are there any other pickups you like? Um, yeah, I, di- I dig the EMG pickups. That's who I was with before. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, then I, I like the Seymour Duncan JBs. Um, I like the DiMarzio PAF Pro. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them I dig. Did you ever play the... Um... Oh, what the fuck are they called? I have them in my, my 1S. Uh, the Deactivators. Nope, I haven't tried those. So those are, those are really good, too. Those, I would say, are close to what uh i guess the clarity of um the fishman okay they come they come close uh not quite there yet um 
So uh, what other gear are you using? Are you using that same pedal board from that video? Yeah, I use the Kepper pedal board. Uh, then I use uh, a click the clickless uh, Dunlop wah, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that you have to click it over, just yeah. fucking step on it, and it's, and it's on. That thing rules. Um, but it's pretty, that and you know a wireless system, really. Yeah. Do you experiment with effects at all, ever? Or? Not too often. Uh, I'm not a guy who's really into gear stuff. I'm once I find something that I like, I kind of stick with it, and mm-hmm. um, pretty much just some rhythm, lead channel, and clean guitar. Nice. I was, I was pretty uh, blown away by the fact that you use 8 to 38s, right, for your standard tuning? 8 to, 30, 8 to 38s when I'm tuned to E, mm-hmm. uh, like nine, 9 to 46 when I'm E flat, and 10 to 52 when I'm at D. How the fuck do you stay in tune? You've got to stretch the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I break I I break a lot of E strings though, but I'm not sure. not with anthrax. So like, cause my tech changes them every day. But yeah, home and don't change them every day. I'm I'm breaking strings all the time. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I wouldn't even like think about buying eights. I just bought my son a guitar, and yeah. uh, it's a but it's a I, I just love guitar. the loose feeling of them and like the slinkiness. I love that. Yeah. So how many guitars do you have with you on tour? Uh, so with anthrax, I think I have. What am I using live? Uh. I think I have four that I use live with the Anthrax. So, do you, and then a uh, dressing room guitar. So maybe five guitars out on the road with that. Right, and then and you, then I'm the type of guy that like, I'll stick with a guitar if I if I love it until unless it goes out of tune or something. I just I like to keep playing the same one. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Did I like to find that sweet spot with gear and with, just with yeah. everything? You just kind of sit there. You know what? I like this. I'm going to ride yeah. this out until it doesn't not, work so good anymore. I'm not a big fan of change. Once I like something, I like to stick with it. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Watch the guitar. I, I feel like I have some special mojo with it. I don't want to switch it. So is that like a real spoiling feeling having a guitar tech with you on tour? Oh, it's it's amazing. Just that's a big thing of um, killing the anxiety is having a great guitar tech and knowing your shit's going to be right. Um, when you don't have that, you and something goes wrong, and you're gonna the one who's got to try to figure out. And I'm a fucking moron, and so <laughs> that shit would stress me out. Yeah, dude, that's gotta take but, away a lot of jitters knowing that 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 shit's yeah, handled for you. That's one thing I too. What I love about the Kepper is even when I when I play with my band, Living Wreckage, and we're, we're doing bars around here and stuff. It's like I have two cables, so it's like only it's not a bunch of patch cables and trying to. If something's not working, it's not as much to um, to go back and trace. Right? Yeah, it's nice not having this big ass snake following you around. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I I don't miss all the different stomp pedals, and then I don't miss <laughs> tap dancing on stage. Like I gotta shut this off, and then I gotta turn these two on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember being I I toured with a band called Obsidian Sky. Uh, I only did like two tours with them, but I remember we played a basement show in Lyle, Massachusetts. Um, mm-hmm. in some like college frat house it was fucking awful but kids were moshing and then they stepped on my pedal board and then the buttons weren't working on it anymore so when uh, we got to yeah. the hotel room that night i had to take the whole fucking thing apart or spent yeah i didn't got no sleep i spent all night fixing it yeah and then i remember like every other day like at the venue not being able to like socialize with everybody because i had to change strings uh, yeah, it was, it was a shit show. <clears throat> yeah, I remember um, Shadows Falls first tours. Uh, Zeus, our, our guy who did our records, he he programmed like uh, this MIDI pedal for me before we went on tour, and uh, 
when anybody would stage dive or crowd surf and land on it, they would fucking go, like you would go to some crazy patch like 107, and I'd be like, ah, I just need one, two, and three. I don't know how to get back. <laughs> Do you uh, force yourself to learn how your rig works, like, or how to make it proficient, uh, just in case, no. like, you lose your guitar tech on tour for any reason? I should. But, but <laughs> luckily, I'm usually in bands with people. Like a, mm -hmm. a guy will always save me because he'll know how to fix it. <laughs> right. So you just you just. I used to like like I used to challenge Paul and Matt. Like Matt, what the fuck, amp's not working. <laughs> he comes over, flips standby on. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> That's simple. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, are you living in Massachusetts? Yep. You're back in Massachusetts. Okay. Is, is yep. the rest of the band in Massachusetts? Besides for Brian. Ooh. For Shadows Fall, yeah, um, everyone but Brian. Brian's living in uh, in the St. Louis area. Yeah, nice. Oh man, so and Jay, no, Jay, and Jason's upstate New York, so he's always been there. Oh, has he? Yeah. yeah I, how does that like work with uh, uh, practice? Do you guys just set a day and then you just all come together? Like, does Brian yeah, fly for in? Now for this, no, Brian hasn't, we haven't jammed with Brian since the last Shadows Fall show, but uh, the rest of us have been getting together. Um, hopefully Brian will come in sometime before that show <laughs> and we'll be able to jam with him. Nice. So we have here in our notes that uh, you have a nickname, Johnny Rock and Roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? That was, our tour manager, Sully, gave me that just because I was, you know, like to get have a few drinks and listen to a lot of 80s metal a lot of arena rock shit like skid row and rat nice dude i love that stuff so do you have like a denim vest anywhere hanging in your closet oh no i i, I wish <laughs> and i never went up to that level yet with all the patches on it you know? yeah it's yeah. funny because now you see younger kids now at least at these anthrax shows there's there's you see like kids who are like 13 14 wearing them See, he says he doesn't have a denim vest, but his hair says he does have a denim vest. <laughs> he's lying to us. I would wear one if someone wants to buy me one. <laughs> we'll send you one with uh, the Hollow Court podcast stapled in the back of it. <laughs> All right, deal. There we go. Uh, so what's it like starting over with like new bands? Like, Do you ever have like, uh, a preconceived notion of where it's going to go, or you just go into it just because of the love of music? I just do it like... For the love of music, I th it was probably not a smart thing to do like during COVID and like not being able to really work in the music industry anymore. I probably should went back to school. Um, that would have been the smart thing to do, but I'm a fucking moron. I start a new band. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of the stuff was written, you know, or some of it was written when I was still in Shadows Fall. And um uh, then being anthrax all these years i like i got so burnt on shadows fall and, and being on the business side of things too i was involved in everything with shadows fall mm -hmm. so when i got to anthrax it was like all right cool i don't have to worry about anything yeah. <laughs> you know it's just like everything's taken care of uh, yeah it's gonna be uh, a great feeling man it's great and uh you know i'll just go out there and i play their songs and mm -hmm. that was great and then then i started missing writing and uh being involved in, in all the things like you know um mm -hmm. decisions and stuff so i was like all right i think i'm gonna try to put my own thing back together i haven't done it since you know almost 10 years right so 
COVID hit and I had nothing but time on my hands. So I was going through the riff bag and, and putting songs together and uh, got in touch with a couple of friends and just started putting them together. And, and one by one, we just all came together. And uh, we were originally going to do a demo that, and we were flying through shit so fast that we ended up recording a full full length record. So um, that'll be out in, in hopefully early 2022. Nice. But if, like I said, if people want to check it out, there's a couple videos on YouTube and there's a couple songs on all platforms if they want to check it out. Oh yeah, we definitely will. Um, yeah, man, we, I found uh, I found your YouTube stuff already. We'll make sure we share that out for everybody. I, I really dig the sound of Living Wreckage, man. I was reading uh, I was reading some interview you did and where you were quoted as saying your goal with Living Wreckage was to make good old hard rock and have, and metal that fits somewhere between Skid Row and Pantera. As soon as I read that, dude, you had me. I was like, yeah. like, that's, that's it right there. I mean, those are like my two go-to bands like that. And probably Metallica are the three when I'm having a few beers and I want to get wild. I'm going to pick probably one of those three bands. Hell yeah, dude. Those, those are the best <laughs> bands for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if I'm at a bar and I'm getting pretty lit up, I'm like, most likely those three bands are going to be in my rotation. <laughs> that's great, dude. So with that in mind, like, is that, is that how you picked your band members this time around is like based on their similar interests and, and who could really perform in that fashion. Yeah, basically I wanted, I wanted to find four other guys w with the same goal and the same music background that way. Uh, and I knew Matt and I always talked about doing something again. We're, we're best friends and we live 10 minutes from each other. Um, and it was just, he's busy. I'm busy. And we couldn't get, our schedules back together. Okay. And then, like I said, this happened. It's like, what the hell else are you going to do? So, um, we all got together and, and, and put this thing together and it's, it's been fun. And my big thing was, I was like, where, the, where are we going to find a singer? Cause that, that's the hardest part. Oh yeah. And I didn't want just the screamer. As we talked before, my favorite vocalists are the melodic singing, uh, guys. And I wanted someone who had that rock and roll rasp, yeah. kind of thing yep. and uh my friend the other guitar player he's like dude jeff gar from death ray vision he's like he's got that rock and roll thing and i was like all right uh then he put he put that stuff on and i was like holy shit this guy can sing his ass off <laughs> so i was like get him down here and then um he came down and we, we saw click we're all we're all good friends we're all just having a good time and uh, we're all getting together and jamming. It's not an email thing where, oh, here's my song that. Uh, it's, you know, we were having good times. We'd, we'd go downstairs, you know, have a 30-pack. Um, after, we'd take a break, grill some food. Just play out. some cornhole. Dude, <laughs> that's the way it should be done. That yeah, that was, right there like, is music 101. It was kind of just, yeah, it was, it was just kind of like being a teenager again. Yeah. And just like not really having to worry about anything because, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if we were going to get a record label or there was no management or anything. There's nobody over our shoulders. We're just, just being kids again, playing in the basement and having fun. And That's just, great, man. Now what, what's, what makes this still a lot of fun is when you see us live, we do covers too. So if we have to play like a two-hour set, you're hearing mostly covers. Mm -hmm. And – that's fun too. So we're still we're playing Soundgarden, we're playing Alice Change, playing Skid Row, Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin, uh, you know Metallica, Pantera, all that kind of stuff. All 
all our favorite bands were, were, were able to play that live too. And that really keeps your energy up and, and, and get really into it. Cause you're playing shit that you love and that you grew up on. Yeah, man, that's great, dude. I got it. And then you're not, boring, you're not boring the audience either. Cause they know the song. So you, then we'll sneak in some of our originals here and there. And so they're not just sitting there like, all right, what, all right, who gives a shit about these guys? <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, I, Previously, before I joined that Stunt Double Pilots tribute that I told you about, uh, I had a hang-up yeah. about playing covers. Like, I always was like, fuck that shit. I'm always going to write originals. I'm never going to play covers. Until I did it and I saw how fun the crowds were. I've always yeah. tried to convince them otherwise. I'm like, dude, it's fun. I, did, I was like that in high school because people would be like, can you play this? Can you play that? And I would never... I'd only learn the, the parts that I was really mm-hmm. liked. Like, I'll learn that part of the solo. Because I want that's cool. I'll learn this <laughs> riff. But I was too lazy to learn the whole thing, and so I uh, people are like, why don't you learn the songs? And, and I go, well, you're not gonna make it playing other people's songs. I'm like, you got to write your own shit. So I was always writing my own stuff. And a lot, the way that happened for me is my ear isn't is not that great. So when I would try to learn other people's shit, I'd mess up and stumble onto something that I was like, well, that sounds kind of cool too. And then I just mm-hmm my ADD kicked in and, I, and I'd go off on that instead of trying to learn what I was trying to learn yep. something else happened. And I just ran with that. And that's how a lot of my riffs are written. That's exactly how I am to the T. Like <laughs> I, I would try to like learn some kill switch riffs. Um, and yeah, I would just, I would stop at like the intro to uh, end a heartache. Yeah. Just that little like, or that little droney, like, and then yeah. I'd like play something else and that'd be it for me. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like a lot of my wrists come up that way. I always got music going on in my house and pick up a guitar and like, oh, that's cool. What, what are they doing there? And then something happens. Like, Whoa, what was that? That, that kind of sounds cool. I'm going to try to run with that and see if anything happens. <laughs> so, uh, is there a band uh, that you think didn't get their just do from massachusetts like even yeah. even a band that was signed that just didn't get enough hype because i can think of one well, i i could like i said overcast before i thought mm-hmm. they were going to be the first ones to get signed out of that whole scene mm-hmm. uh, definitely overcast there was a band called Slowpoke that was awesome too from my area uh, <laughs> i like that name and then there's a band called only live a witness mm-hmm. from massachusetts yeah Fucking dude, if you want to hear a guitar tone, uh, by Only Live Witness, or you don't have to do that. Now you can just stream it. Uh, Pro and Modal Form by Only Only Live Witness, and that's where Adam from Killswitch. That was that was his record where he was trying to get that sound when we were kids. Mm-hmm. That was why we were like, "Fuck, man, what is that guy using?" <laughs> <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, so I thought that Unearth never got their like the shine they deserved. Yep. That yep. band is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember totally. I saw them at a, what was that bar in Delaware? That small venue. Do you guys no. remember? Are you talking about Lancaster? No, no. In Delaware. Uh, like Mojo? Mojo 13. Oh, that was it. okay. <laughs> There's a venue in Delaware called Mojo 13. And uh, uh, I saw them there. Fun. You don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> literally like a hole in the wall bar like a well, bar hopefully, hopefully limb wreckage will be there in a few months <laughs> yeah i mean we i'll try to make it happen <laughs> see, see if i know anybody um but um it's, yeah, man, it's, on Earth, that's a force and that's a band to uh fucking 
that'll take you down live. That's a serious live actor right there. Oh, yeah, oh, but dude. they're playing it on this, like, one-foot stage uh, with God Forbid, Shia Hulud. Uh, who else played that night? It wasn't Within the Ruins, but I saw Within the Ruins there, too, once. Um, but seeing God Forbid there and on Earth together... I always like thought was, God Forbid was way underrated. Oh, absolutely. For sure. But it was just a sad thing to see. Like, although I'm, like, glad that I'm seeing them in such an intimate setting. Yeah. Uh, like, they should be way bigger than playing this fucking yeah. bar. Yeah, it's going to be great because they're playing our show in right. December. So, oh, great. Which they them should dark, be. Them in Darkest Hour. Uh, so it's going to be... It's We grew up with those guys since yeah. we were, like, kids, you know? So it'll be fun um, to see everyone and... It's going to be like 2002 all over again. Yeah, this isn't a show. This is an old-fashioned block party, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be such a rager. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's great, dude. That's amazing, man. So uh, do we have anything else? Should we jump the fuckery of the day? Yeah, you got it. All right, man. So we have a we have this segment called Fuckery of the Day, where uh, all right. we ask our guests to tell us, and you being a touring musician uh i'm sure you have a bunch of it but anything that you think is fuckery that you've seen on the road any kind of crazy stories that happen on the road but well, it's gotta uh, be fucking bananas i mean map and i from shadow spall we mm -hmm. we made up a thing called the piss taco oh shit <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it happened on the slipknot tour joey jordison was involved too uh where we were fucking getting like blacked out hammers like, pretty much every night on that tour. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man, something about the bus rolling and being hammered. Sometimes you piss yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so we take our comforter from the, from the, from the bunk, you know, mm -hmm. and you just cover, cover the area of piss and wrap yourself like a taco in it. And just kind of forget about your problems. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I remember Joey. Joey, I think had to uh, buy a new mattress for his bus. <laughs> oh my god! That's, but, pretty, that's pretty gnarly. That was that's with, you know, like 20, twenty-five years old, just fucking being idiots every night. Yeah, not giving a fuck about any of them, right? Yeah, that's can't crazy. can't go that hard anymore. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask. Like, are the, the the other guys in Anthrax, like, with you touring with them, I guess, like, as of late, like, are they pretty tame now? Yeah, they're totally tame, man. They, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen them drunk, honestly. Scott Ian's backstage in a bathrobe reading the newspaper. Yeah, like, they're, they're just family <laughs> guys. They're, they're like, they're fucking nuts on stage, you know, I think, because they have so much energy. And then backstage is just nice and quiet and watching movies and stuff and, uh. I'm the one who, who's probably drunk somewhere in the corner with, with, with the guitar yeah. Every <laughs> No, man, I, they've, they've got their shit together. I've never seen uh, I've never seen them get out of hand. Yeah, every time I think about Scott, I'm like, he's probably in some corner with a guitar playing like old SOD riffs somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's a riff. Dude, that guy's the, the rhythm machine. Was there a, like, a, is there a generation? What am I trying to say? Is there like a... Like are you guys gap. relatable like did, can you relate with those guys or is there like a problem like trying to no. like, get on their level do you feel like the outsider because no, the, the like age a, difference a lot of the same yeah well definitely there's going to be that because i'm yeah. um, you know there is that age gap and they've been together for 40 years i've been together for nine years so obviously there's right. going to be that mm -hmm. of course but no it's like also they make me feel really comfortable 
uh, since day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a great it's such a fun band to be with. We, uh, we still have a lot of laughs, especially like the, the, they got a great crew too. So the band, and the crew, like just sitting up late at night and listening to music, um, just having laughs, and and everyone's a ball buster. You know, everyone's like ranking on each other and making fun of each other, which is great. <laughs> I love that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, a lot of stuff like like I listen to like the hair metal stuff and stuff. They're like, oh, no, no way, <laughs> but. You know, we all, our common ground is thrash metal and the heavy shit. Word. So, speaking of the hair metal, uh, I was listening to, speaking of God forbid, a few minutes ago, I was listening to your segment on Doc Coyle's podcast. And Mm -hmm. uh, he mentioned that you've got some pipes of your own. Was there ever any consideration of you singing for Living Wreckage or or any projects? Um, You see, I've, I've thought about that. Because, you know, I, singers are hard to find and then be one less guy to deal with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can't sing and play at the same time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how Dave Mustaine does it. Yeah, dude. Like something like that or any of them. Like, you know, any of the half field, I just don't, I can't separate. I can't even talk and play at the same time. <laughs> if I'm doing, like, I, I do harmonies in Living Wreckage, but it's got to be an easy riff. Right. If it has any kind of spider fingers going on i'm out so I, I would never i would never be able to be a, a full-on singer and then i would i would just wouldn't feel comfortable doing that either because i like to hide behind that guitar i don't i don't have that fucking personality of the singer and even doing these things are oh, like kind of uncomfortable for me to do like mm-hmm. interviews and stuff like, you have to have an outgoing personality to do this shit yeah yeah i hear you dude that's <laughs> yeah well, we we try to make it like you're just like talking with the you know no, with, this is, with the this homies, is good. you know. Yeah, I'm having a good time. Sometimes you, you kind of be like, uh, you know, you get caught up, and am mm-hmm. I saying the, the right things, or should I be saying that? Shouldn't I? And just, I'd rather shoot the shit with somebody at a bar when, when it's not like that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there's no pressure. You're just having a yeah. conversation at that point. Yeah. So, were you part of the uh, Big Four shows? No, I wish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish that would happen again. But now Slayer's retired. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, usually a farce in the music business, right? When somebody's like, "We're retired." Motley Crue's been retired eight times already. Oh, dude. Yeah, come and kiss. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Kiss's farewell, Ozzy's farewell yeah. tours. I mean, come on. The Rolling Stones I mean, I, have been doing farewell tours for forty years. Slayer will be back on the run. I can't imagine ever, ever stopping. Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, I love it so much. I can't imagine saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done playing music. I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah I'm sure Slayer yeah. will run out of money at some point, and they will need yeah, more money, just, and they will tour, and <laughs> you can do the big four again. The only way I'd want to stop is if I physically can't do it anymore, and then I don't even. If I can't fucking play guitar, I don't even know if I'd want to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel that, man. Yeah, dude. Seriously. So, what's your dream tour? Ooh, for, for like just you playing in a band doesn't matter what band and then if i could bands, be in any band yeah, or then, for if I could open up for any band uh anything just put together a dream either tour. or man whatever uh i would like to be a, i would like for pantera to add another guitar player oh, oh, <laughs> good answer <laughs> There, those are some big shoes to fill <laughs> yeah that's why i don't want to take his spot yeah. i want to Take the background guy. (laughs) Add another guy. (laughs) What if Phil and Rex came to you and said, hey, you're the new dime? 
<laughs> Dude, I would not want that job. No way. <laughs> pressure of that, no way. I know, dude. Yeah, I, I'm terrible at playing shit note for note, and someone like that, you have to fucking do it exactly yeah. for somebody like Dime. Oh yeah. Just you got to be spot on with that, and then the microscope you have on you, I would not want that on me. Oh, dude, one, one missed squeal? Forget about it. The audience is going to well, turn well, on you so fast. I'm not a whammy, whammy bar guy either, so I would just, man, no. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Oh, yeah, like there's one he does for Cemetery Gates or mm-hmm. fucking, I'm surprised yeah. like his shit didn't break. You know what I mean? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's broke thousands of guitars. I'm sure, dude, but still. <laughs> Pulled yeah, the that fucking... tour, the Shadows Fall Damage Plan tour, oh, man, that was a fucking wild time. Mm-hmm sure it was how uh uh what was the timeline of that tour between you playing and then uh dime's death this is right there man we um that happened because our last show on the tour was us the haunted and damage plan mm-hmm. and last show was in albany new york and damage plan was going to do some shows on the way home to dallas and uh just to do these one-off shows to pay pay their expenses mm-hmm and it was like two or three days after they were just on their way and it, it stopped in Columbus. Oh, and Jesus I Christ, remember, uh, I remember Zach Wilds tech, Freddie Koalo calling call, call me and I was at my friend Dan's house with, with Matt actually, Bashan. we were doing uh, our thing on a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night cause we used to call it wild Wednesday. I remember that. And I remember Fred saying, what's going on? Cause a lot of people thought we were still there cause we were just on that tour. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like someone said Dime got shot. Like, what? What? And I just couldn't comprehend. Like, what do you? What do you mean? And uh, so hung up the phone with him. And then uh, that night, I went home and saw it on the news. And I just couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah, right. dude, that's gotta be wild. Just yeah, yeah, I remember. And he, the thing about him too is like. Uh, that guy's been my hero since I've been 13. Mm-hmm. He's, he's mm-hmm. probably my all around favorite guitar player. I think he was, I call him the MVP because he could play his ass off at rhythm, play his ass off at leads, plus write songs. He was like the triple threat where a lot mm-hmm. of guys have one of those mm-hmm. and he had all three and his own thing going style. And he was just the biggest guitarist of my generation. He was the the most had the most influence on everyone. Pantera was the, the metal band yeah. for my generation. Mm-hmm. And on all the guitar covers and stuff, and the guy was the coolest guy to everybody. Yeah. That's why I couldn't believe it. And, you know, he's the only guy I've seen buy their fans drinks. Right. You know, usually the fans will come up like, hey, man, let me get you a drink. And this guy's buying shots for like the whole bar and hanging out with everybody and just acted like, he wasn't fucking a, one of the top guitar players of the world. Yeah, he always seemed so down to earth and anything I ever saw. I mean, he was he was he really was a unique individual, dude. I mean, he yeah, had a style all onto himself. I I was so excited to tour with him and I've always wanted to like hang out with the guy since I was a kid watching those Pantera videos. That made me want to tour. Like that looked so much fun. These guys are having the time of their lives and they, they're fucking hilarious. I want to hang with these guys. Yeah. And he was everything I wanted plus more. Like, this is the guy I wanted you to be. Plus, he, he 
blew my mind even more. He was oh, dude, isn't that just the best when you meet somebody that you've been waiting to yeah. meet forever and they really live up to that expectation? Yeah, like... yeah and that's when that happened, that's what I was like, how could anyone – why would anyone want to shoot that guy? He's nothing but nice to people. I know. It's, it's so funny. I've never up. seen him snub anybody. He'd be out there signing autographs all the time. Always had the time for people. Yeah. So fucked up the way that went down, man. Such a yeah. shame. So did that put like a detriment like on you guys? Where you did that put like a little bit of a fear of you guys touring after the fact? Not, not for me. I know it has for some people, but I mean that uh, the chances of stuff like that happening are are not common very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a know? freak thing, man. I mean, nobody yeah. could ever really expect that. And, and security tightened so much after that happened, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you couldn't... Even crowd surfing, I remember... I, I, I was at one show, but as soon as I came up to the front, I was grabbed by, like, my neck by the security guard, like, alright, get yeah. out of here. Well, I and I, know, I don't know a lot of musicians who are, and they do think of that. and That's understandable completely. Um, but sure. I would still have... Myself, I would still have no problem doing a club show with no barricade and people jumping up on stage and going over and stuff. That's still, I wouldn't, uh, I just don't think it's something that's going to really happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's not realistically going to happen. Yeah, just don't yeah, do I it. Think, I mean, isn't that, that's really the only time I could ever think of that that happened, like that someone got shot on stage. I don't know of any uh, others. That's Selena chick, right? And she's like, was that on stage? I think she was on stage, right? No, no I don't think no. she was on stage. I think that was because that she was, was the on stage. That wasn't was there her, a sing, uh, like there was some pop singer. I have two little sisters. Yeah, I know so. who you're talking about. I just yeah. didn't. I didn't think it was on stage, but maybe I'm wrong. I think there was some pop singer recently, some like Disney Channel pop singer who got shot on stage. Oh, wait, oh, wait a minute. I'm thinking, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about somebody else. Wasn't? No, I'm thinking of the same person that? you're thinking of. Yeah, you're. I know you're talking about like Selena from the '90s, and she didn't get shot on yeah. stage. Okay. But she, then no, but then there's another pop singer recently. Within there the was a years. Disney girl. Yeah. That, but I think oh. they had a bomb. I think they had a bomb at her show. That's that what was it was. It was down Grande, Grande, yeah. in like yeah, Miami yeah. or something, wasn't it? Was it was in England or something that they had a bomb at the no, show. No, but there was another girl that like yeah. she was doing like a meet and greet in the lobby of her show or something yeah. like that. And Oh, then you did have that crazy incident too, the Bataclan where at the Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I heard about that. Yeah, so, so yeah, I guess I mean because I was on tour with Anthrax and Slayer at, when that happened. We were in Germany, and you know there was talks of, of going home, but you know we didn't. And, but I know a lot of bands during that time went home. I'm sure. Yeah, the girl's name was. Uh... I remember like all the shows where you, you'd have a, a security briefing mm-hmm. after that, and they're like, "All right, if anything happens, you're going this way. This is the door, and all that." So that's that was a scary time. Yeah, so I just looked it up. The girl's name's Christina Victoria Grimmy, and uh, she got shot at the Plaza Live. What? Wow. Yeah, she's she was a songwriter, actress, and YouTuber. Nobody yeah. that we would know, but I just heard it. I know I heard she, it on the news. Well, I I remember now who you're talking about, but she yeah. she was actually like on either like American Idol or The Voice or one of those shows, yeah. and that's how she got her. I know. Start. Was, I know it was a big deal, but yeah, she got shot at a show too. Which I mean. What? These days, you, you would think they would get their shit together. I remember playing a show not too long after Dime died, and it was at the Trocadero in Philly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember they checked my guitar case going into the venue, and it was a local yeah. show. Like it was, it wasn't it wasn't big people there, but they were like not fucking around one bit. That's what I, I mean, remember dude. playing rock on that tour with with Damage Plan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the truck's a rad venue. I was supposed to go to that show at the truck, and something happened. My buddy that was that was going to go with me got sick. He was supposed to pick up the tickets, and he gets sick, and he's like, dude, we, we can't go. I didn't get the tickets. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man? And we were both like, oh, it's cool. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll catch him next time. It was, you know, we were sad to miss the tour. And then yeah. two days, three days, whatever it was later, we heard about Diamond. We were like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, fuck. Did you ever jam with him? you ever teach any riffs? Uh, we would jam backstage occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he was hilarious because I was like, uh, hey, man. I remember being backstage at Urban Plaza in, in New York because and, and, I'm, not, I'm not a whammy bar guy. But I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you do that? <laughs> that squeal. And I remember because he, he was joking around. I was like, He's like, yeah, man, I'll show you how to do it, but you'll never be able to fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, yeah, that's – I mean, you jam with time. You kind of have to ask him those questions. You kind of got to, like, dig into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and then the cool thing is, too, he likes a lot of the the 80s shit, too. I remember getting trashed on his bus and – Crank and Doc, and he's wrapping me in Christmas tinsel and stuff. Fucking right, man. It was fun because he, he liked a lot of that stuff too. Where like you know a lot, a lot of the heavier bands would probably like oh we don't listen to that stuff. Oh and yeah, I, dude, ninety percent of Pantera fans like Pantera came from that glam metal background. Yeah. They loved Kiss, you know, bands like that. Yeah. and it's but like he, it, he, he didn't shy away from it, man. He was fucking cranking on the boss. I was like, all right, oh, dude, that's just amazing. Right up my alley. <laughs> that had to be so much fun. Yeah, it was the best. Oh god. So on that note, <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to plug? I think we're about to wrap it up. Yeah, man. Uh, just the deliver records thing, man. We're just uh, mm-hmm. brand new, so we're trying to get anyone out there to to try to listen to us and and take a chance with it and see see what happens. So go on Facebook, Living Wreckage, and Instagram and Bandcamp. Check out the, the three song uh, EP we have called One Foot in the Grave. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing some shows out there. Fuck and yeah. then Shadows Fall, there's a show happening, but it's sold out, so there's no more tickets. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys should we, try. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully this might lead to something else. You know, maybe we do. We will do more shows if this thing goes right. And uh, Anthrax is uh, going to be out doing shows here and there, and then a full tour, uh, European tour, next September of 2022 with uh, Municipal Waste. Nice. Sick. Yeah. Right so on, if uh, you ever come to Philly, man, we'll uh, we'll have you back on. You can come do it live. If you want absolutely yeah dude yeah, feel sure. free anytime you know you ever yeah and if i'm out there you guys got my number just hit me up and we'll uh, we'll go out and have some drinks and have some fun <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. Man. Sweet, take dude. it around the city for sure <laughs> all right man thank right. you thank you so, thank thank you time, so much man take care take care all right everybody thank you for listening to this episode of the hollow court podcast don't forget to follow us on facebook at the hollow court podcast instagram at the hollow court podcast and twitter at the fucker of the day fuckery of the day all the fuckeries <laughs> all the days send us your fuckeries yeah. holocourt podcast at gmail.com yeah we receive emails people still send those things right yeah for sure send us everything anything yep. also you can find our podcast wherever podcast can be listened to don't buy it though no don't it's pay for that shit bootleg shit yeah it's free on spotify you don't even need to pay for spotify to listen you, you, might get, you might get commercials, but that's on you. You know, pay for that premium. <laughs> don't, for, don't forget to, you know, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your uncle. 
like, share, subscribe. Have your mom bell. call us. Yeah. Hit that notification, Johnson. Every time we release an episode, you get that in your notification. You know? You know it's, it's not your girlfriend texting you. It's us. New episode. Listen. Ding. <laughs> You have anything to add, Stan?